We're here. We're live once again, Casey. Uh, so hello, everyone, and welcome. We are here to discuss the upcoming Kickstarter uh, for Hallowed Issues 1 and 2. And, of course, with me today uh, will be Casey Bowker, who is also the co-editor and uh, creator of Don't Forget a Towel. And so Casey and I, we both work on the website. And through that, uh, Geefat Comics was born. Uh, comic books has always been a big uh, part of our lives. And what better way to get you know into the industry than to make your own comic? And so Casey... Uh, has written the flagship comic, uh, the, you know, the, the one that launched Defect Comics, and that was Hollowed, and that first Kickstarter was uh, not too long ago, right? No, you know, um, it was about two years ago, a little less than two years ago at this point, um, which I feel pretty good about that. <laughs> so, yeah, two years ago is, uh, thank you, Alec, for uh, saying first, and uh, we've got Bob over here a second. And just so everyone knows, um, if you have any questions and you, you want to ask us anything while this live show goes on, feel free to leave comments. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about it live, like Saul. Hey, Saul. He is from Nerds from the Crypt podcast, um, which I was just on over the weekend. Uh, we were talking about horns. We were talking about hollowed. Um, check that out to horn, uh, not horns from the crypt, nerds from the crypt podcast, where you can listen to some sweet people talk about some awesome movies and everything horror. So, um, we talked about Hollywood on there, but, uh, yeah, man, it's been a ride these last two years. <laughs> and Alex says, uh, keep shouting me out and I'll, I'll be commenting all damn night. Okay. This is getting off to a great start. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Uh, so, you know, in the meantime, there was uh, you and Ruben Romero also uh, put out a comic for DFAT that was uh, called Inferi. So that was the second comic. And now Hollowed Issue 2 uh, will be the third comic, correct? Yeah, yeah. So I, I uh, co-wrote Inferi with Ruben, and we did that last year. Um, and then... As it, you know, behind the scenes, I was still working on Hollowed. Hollowed is my baby. Um, so Darius, uh, Johnson and I, um, the, the artist, we, you know, just kept working and, um, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit more, but issue three is also been written and it's also ready to go. We'll, we'll talk about it more. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, absolutely excited about it. We'll be here. We'll be here. We'll be hearing, uh, you know, more and more about this comic and, and more things to come. But let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about issue two. I do want to kind of just mention that, you know, we've been, we've been friends for a very, very long time. And I remember, you know, <laughs> yeah. back in, you know, the day when you actually put this together for the first time. So, um, I know what Hollow is about. Why don't you tell, uh, our, our listeners, viewers, what may you, uh, what, What's going on in issue two uh, with with the events of issue one that's already taken place, of course? Yeah, so I don't want to give too many spoilers away because I want everyone to still support the comic when it launches on Kickstarter uh, tomorrow. But uh, so issue one um, is where we first got introduced to the Butcher, um, who is a bad dude, a criminal who uh, hollows out its victims. And um, you got introduced to Detectives Vasquez and... Um, Tyler and they met 
Uh, one's from Chicago and the other one is from Buffalo, New York. And they realize that they have a, uh, a common enemy. Um, and actually, I'm sorry, I'm skipping ahead. They didn't meet in issue one. Issue one, Tyler got attacked, uh, by the butcher. So the beginning of issue two, these two, uh, detectives from different parts of the country, uh, meet up in Buffalo, um, and realize, yes, they both have the same, uh, killer on the loose that they have to take out. So, um, yeah, you're going to learn more about their dynamic, uh, the two of them. You're also going to learn about some of the other characters that we teased, uh, in the comic on, in the first issue and on the cover of the first issue. So you're going to meet characters, uh, Sylvia and you're going to meet Oren and, um, both of those two, I really have a good time writing, uh, both of them because they're so completely different. Uh, Sylvia's very high strung, high maintenance, by the books kind of gal. And whereas Oren is one of those really ratty, ugh, snivelly looking dudes. And he's always got something up his sleeve. So, um, what is that up his sleeve? We'll find out more in issue two. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Uh, we, we did get a question here. Um, how many issues do you have mapped out right now? Well, Bob, if you continue to watch the show, I will tell you all about it. That is something that we will bring up. Um, I can bring it up now. How about <laughs> I, I honestly, so when I wrote this thing, it was a screenplay, um, back in college and I wrote it with the intention to make it into a movie or some sci-fi channel movie or something like that. And then when I met Darius, uh, I saw his artwork and I loved it. And after that, we started chatting about how do I turn this into a comic? And he stupidly agreed uh, to go on this journey with me. And he, he's, yeah. So, <laughs> so we've got, we've got uh, for, for this, and we'll see how this goes. I have eight issues planned. So he stuck with me for at least eight issues. <laughs> Quick question. Now those eight issues, will they tell the beginning story of, complete story of Hallowed or the beginning story of Hallowed without spoiling too much? So, you know, you, you, you can't be in the business or whatever without having a, a, an end, you know, well, you could, you know, the Stranger Things guys, right? They have five seasons, but they easily could do a side story about one of the other characters. So, the story of Hollowed um, has a complete story after eight issues, uh, but absolutely could go on after that if needed and if people want it. And if people are watching and listening and supporting the comic, like I hope they are, uh, then, yeah, we'll keep rocking and rolling. Sounds amazing, man. Sounds amazing. Now, with with comics and a lot of creative things, a lot of uh writers creators they do base their characters off of people they know uh events that they've you know experienced what is what is the situation with Howard? yeah so when they you know when they say you're writing you write what you know who you know um and i wrote this back in film school so um it was a long time ago at, at ub in buffalo so if you are a local a local person um, here in Western New York, you might know UB, uh, University of Buffalo. So in the screenwriting class, I took Vasquez. That character is definitely uh, one of the friends of mine who I took that class with. It's 
based on him. It looks like <laughs> if he read the comic, he would probably know that it's him. <laughs> and um, Tyler is a little bit based off of me if I was more of a, a butthead, I guess, <laughs> like a little bit more of a jerk. Uh, Tyler would be me. And then the other two, um, well, at three, sorry, because we're also going to meet, um, the chief. I'm sorry. He's another huge character. We're going to meet the chief or the captain, um, of the, of the police precinct of Buffalo here in, in issue two. And, um, you know, he's like Danny Glover. I really wanted him to be a mix of Danny Glover and every cop that you've ever seen in a movie ever. Um, you know, really tough, tough as nails by the book kind of guy and uh, like, Carl Weathers a little bit, you know, from Predator. And then, um, and then Sylvia was more like a, I don't know who Sylvia is based off of. I just, I like badass females. And, you know, I think I just kind of took that idea and ran with it. And then Oren, um, I wanted a mix of, of somebody who's really into, he's a centered character, you know, almost like a little bit of a Bushido or like a samurai type of character. So he's got that inner chi that he can harness, but he harnesses it not for good, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> so, um, just kind of went off that martial arts vibe with that character. Um, real quick, Saul says, woohoo. I hope you're referring to Chris's beard or the comic. Uh, either one. <laughs> Thanks, Saul. <laughs> I have issue two hidden in here. Um, <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the platform that you're deciding to uh, put put Hollowed uh, up on. And so the first time around you used Kickstarter. It was yeah. successful. Uh, can you share a little bit about that and why you've chosen to go with Kickstarter again? And what other, what other outlets have you um, considered using this time around? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, I think what it is about Kickstarter is that it, is the most successful crowdfunding platform out there. And I, and I like that you're going to get a lot of eyes on there. Um, after the success of issue one and as well as in fairy, now we have a built in fan base as well. So I can reach out to those people. Some of them I've had to contact many times, like what's your t-shirt size? What variant cover you want? Um, and for those reasons, I'm really excited like that. I have that group of people that I can reach out to again. Um, and then, you know, I'm also going, I'm not advertising it so much, but we're also going to go the Indiegogo route. And that's more of a social experiment, to be honest with you, because I don't know how well comics succeed on there and I don't know how well it does. So I'm kind of throwing it up there and I don't know if you support one or the other, but if you're more of an Indiegogo person, we're on there too. Um, and then outside of those two platforms, you know, they're in local comic book shops, uh, here in Rochester, New York at Pop Rock. Uh, we've got a few other places down in Buffalo. Uh, we're at Queen City Comics because that's been my local comic shop since I was a kid. Same thing with Darius and, and Michael the Letter. So, I mean, we've, we try to support the local people or they try to support us in that way. And then digitally, uh, we did put both those comics and I imagine we'll put the rest of them out on Comixology. So if you are a digital person or you like reading things on your tablet, whatever, they are all going to be available on Comixology as well. Awesome. And so briefly, uh, before we do have our first uh, guest, let's talk a little bit about the time frame of the Kickstarter, the impending Kickstarter that's coming this week. Well, it drops tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow morning. So if you're watching this live, uh, stay tuned. 8 a.m. Eastern Standard um, is when the Kickstarter slash Indiegogo will go live. 
they both run for 30 days. And then um, after that, be- because of this issue being in the in the bucket, um, you know, I expect a pretty fast turnaround as far as printing goes. We're in the middle of a pandemic. I expect it to be semi-fast. It could take months. I, you know, I just want to be realistic with everybody as far as like, I can't do anything. You know, I got to get printed t-shirts as well as the comic and some of the rewards. So hopefully everything will be out and out the door by August. That's my plan. As a experienced Kickstarter myself, I will say that your turnaround time was quite impressive. Um, that, you know, the first issue you got out, it was bam, here's your digital rewards. And then the physical followed not much, you know, not much longer after that. So, um, that was, that was pretty impressive. I mean, you and our best friends and I can say that to you all day, but I do mean it. Uh, <laughs> and we've had, we've had those experiences where either something hasn't shown up for a couple of years. You yeah. know, you never know with, with Kickstarter, but I'll tell you people out there right now, if you're listening, Casey, man of his word. So you'll be getting those, uh, those rewards out to you and you will. too. Yeah, you know, it's funny. We talked about that on, on Nerds from the Crypt the other day. Saul was saying the same thing that, hey, I, I was really happy with the turnaround time because that's the other thing in knowing just for like a peace of mind for somebody who wants to, to pledge, knowing that it's done is way like, oh, it's, it's done. Okay. I'll give them the money. Then it's, it should be coming out soon. So, um, that's a good question. Uh, this question I'll answer real quick before our guest here. Uh, Bob says, after a few issues are released, will you do a graphic novel collection? So, Bob, yeah, typically you go for an arc. So after the first four issues wrap up, you do, you know, that. And then after the second wrap up, you'll do another one. And then you'll release like a hardcover set <laughs> and go and do that right before volume two of Hollow Drops. And, and Darius's hands are bleeding and he's like, God, please never talk to me again wait what what did you say hey <laughs> hey how you doing <laughs> how you guys doing just like that hey uh, darius hey yeah i'm here i'm still Welcome. alive for now <laughs> you look like casey's not working it too hard <laughs> yeah well yeah you know surviving this is a, right. Casey has, yeah. Casey said he has like 15 issues for you to draw, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. No, this, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, we, we, we talked about that. Yeah. I, I, you know, go on the real side of things. I, I personally feel like, uh, nowadays a nice, concise, short story, um, that gets to the point and then maybe later bring the readers back works nowadays, especially in the indie market. So I think that's, that's the route to go. So we're going like eight issues for the first arc and then, you know, revisit it at a later date. And that'd be great. I think that'll work out really good. And not only, not only that, um, just so we can talk about it a little bit, Mm -hmm. your own reigns of terror, man. Every day I see like new panels and like, I'm like, is he saving (laughs) all his good stuff for himself? Is this what happened? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not that. It's just, uh, it's a I'm just different kidding. story. <laughs> yeah, that was, that's pretty. Uh, I can see where you might think that. But, I'm uh, totally joking. I'm totally. It's, it's different vibes completely. Well, well it's it's. Uh, well, I, I feel like I should explain that a little bit just for anybody that might be interested. It's one of those things of 
I've lived with those characters for about 20 years. I have your uh, comic from 20 yeah. years. Literally, I think yeah. it's 99 or something. Yeah, so, yeah, it's literally been like 20 years. Uh, and actually 20 plus because I came up with the characters in 97 when I was, uh, you know, I was 18, 19 years old. No, I was like 19, 20. 19, 20 years old. And I, um, you know, it, it was one of those things where I had a lot of start and stops still having that, you know, cause you, you get life gets busy or whatever, but the, I've lived with those characters for, for that long. And so I know them a little better. Yeah. So in this, I'm still developing, trying to find a, uh, a good vibe for it, for, for hollow. Um, it's a, uh, it's a different kind of dark book, uh, than, than Reigns. Uh, Reigns is, is a dark book, but it's, uh, it's also personal to me. So this is where some of the, the story and the artwork, the way, you know, the difference in artwork comes in. So, uh, cause originally we talked about for Hollowed making it, a, um, a book where maybe the pages had one or two colors on it. Like it was more a tonal kind of thing. Yeah. Like a and, Sin City type vibe. Yeah. It's, yeah. Sin City, but still with actual color, but just more. Yep. More tonal, uh, yep. you know, uh, the scenes where it needed to be bloody with that would be emphasized. So maybe like two colors on it. Maybe it's, uh, uh, purple and red or something like that so that the blood stands out. You know, but you know, as uh, time went on, it was like, no, we can actually do a more <laughs> traditional, you know, comic and, and not something that looks like we just had to pick only two colors. You know, which I, I, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not it's not the way that we had to go. And I think this the look turned out pretty well. I, I'm getting a better grasp of of tones and stuff like that. I'm not a, I'm not a colorist. I'm just I'm truly just winging it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do a fantastic job. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I am faking it till I make it. Basically, yeah. <laughs> I I don't have the patience to watch tutorials and stuff like that, so. Yeah, I probably could be a little better, but hey, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Well, let me ask, let me ask you guys this. Um, okay. How did this, how does collaboration start? Uh, when did, when did you two first meet and decide that Hallowed was going to be a thing? Well, uh, well, I think it was in 2016. It was maybe? either late 20, well, it, 2017. It, I think I it was, was that April show in 2017. Yeah, 2017. Um, yeah, it had to be. Yeah. So it's like three years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we met at a convention here, uh, um, uh, Queen City, uh, Buffalo Comic Con. Uh, it was, uh, downtown. It was like the big, it was a big show. And, uh, Casey, you know, came by, checked out my stuff and we got to talking. I said, okay, he's not annoying. So I'll keep talking to him and, uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, little does he know. <laughs> Did he know at the time? No, no, he hit it well. Uh, no, and, uh, we, we got to talking and then he came back around. He had, cause he was actually working at the time. Yeah. And, uh, and he came back through and he checked out some more of my stuff and said, you know, we exchanged information then. And he wanted to, uh, pitch this ideal to me. 
And so a week or two went by and he contacted me. Maybe, maybe it was just a week. And, uh, it was probably me. within a week. If yeah, it probably me, was. Yeah, probably. yeah, yeah, it probably was. It probably was. Uh, my memory is not that great anymore. No, but, no, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he contacts me and, uh, we get to talking about hollow. Uh, it was called something else then. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I Maybe we'll that. name an issue that just, I think you know what? To. Let's name that, it, that issue. That, yeah. We'll that, name that reveals that. Reveals yeah. That, that, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm actually still in the dark on some of the story changes, which is fine. I, I actually like kind of being surprised a little bit, uh, as a, cause I'm, I'm actually still a reader, you know? So, um, that's one of the things about working on something, uh, like this, where I actually like the ideal that he pitched to me. Um, this, this iteration of it is, is, uh, uh, far more appealing, but I did like the ideal of what he pitched to me uh, initially. So, you know, um, and from there, we just been, been trying to, trying to groove and trying to get this thing, get this thing going, you know, uh, Somebody went and had, you know, got married and had kids and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, those things, <laughs> those things could, could, uh, you know, put things on hold and rightfully so. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, I'm, I do work a full time job for the most part and, uh, and it, it cuts into the drawing time because that does take, you know, uh, I mean, I'm fairly fast. I can no, no, no. He's literally the fastest artist at any convention. <laughs> Anytime we had, we do a convention, like people will come up to the table, you know, want to get a commission, and most people will say like a week or like end of the show or whatever. He's like mm, half hour, and they're like, "What?" And he's like, "I eh, just come back half hour." And if they don't come back in a half hour, this is the thing: he gets it done in like ten minutes. Then if they don't come back in the time, he just keeps adding to it. <laughs> so it's like, so it's like daredevil. And then he's like, well, just throw some color in here. Oh, I guess he'd be using his like whip, you know, like yeah. cane thing. <laughs> well, then yeah. I'm got to add like a bullseye thing in the background. So like he's the fastest, fastest artist I've ever done. <laughs> sure. So don't Thanks. even try that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's still like, when you're drawing comics, uh, the, the, the part that takes the longest is the planning part. For me, that I find the drawing part is easy. It's the layout process. The, the layout process is where the time can, especially like when I'm trying to, like if I'm, when I'm working on range, I already know what I'm doing because I, I wrote it in my own shorthand. So the interpret, there's no interpretation there. But I'm working on somebody else's, I'm help trying to help dress somebody else's baby. So you don't want to send somebody else's baby out there looking a fucking fool. Excuse my <laughs> language. But, <laughs> so, so it's you want to, so, you know, there's a responsibility there. So I want to try to interpret it as clearly as possible. And there's been some edits made. Like the first issue went through, uh, several changes. Um, we had to, uh, because we added some, some tears to the Kickstarter where, where we had, uh, added some people's faces and stuff like yeah. that. So, and then some things, I don't know where I, 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 uh, deliriously didn't pay attention to 
what character I was supposed to be drawing in the I scene. remember that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was supposed to have been uh one of the other cops was you know on the whole I sorry I had to do this two page spread over. I did it I did two I did it three times before I got it right. So that was that was a little different. But you but, nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Third time's the charm. Yeah, in the first issue you can uh flip through it and it's the the sequence where the body comes flying out the, the building, out the window. And so you can imagine there's a, that's a lot of work. But I actually enjoyed doing uh those pages. I don't particularly like doing two page spreads, but I did enjoy doing doing that. And no. it turned out pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what though? One thing you yeah. didn't mention, um, when we did the first issue, because I'd never written a comic book before, mm-hmm. um, I was really doing like, uh, telling you what panels, like what goes where. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of assumed like you did that. Uh, you know, yeah. when you read a bunch of other people, like that's kind of how they do it. Not yeah. everybody, but whatever. Yeah. And then with issue two, I remember going into it, you were like, no, just give me the pages and the page count mm-hmm. or like where you want the action to end on the page and mm-hmm. I'll figure out the panels. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the things with, with Darius, it's so good is like, uh, you know, I gave him early on, I gave him the characters. Those are the first things that he, he did just based mm-hmm. off the character descriptions. And he drew those and they are exactly how I thought they were in my mind. Mm-hmm. So nailed those. And then, um, that spread was early on too, I want to say, um, cause it was one of the first things. And again, it was like, Oh shit, I wrote that. Okay. Yeah. Like that's, <laughs> you know, you don't like until you see it. Right. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. um, I've never really had, I don't think you and I have had any like too much back and forth about like, don't do this this way or whatever. I might mm-hmm. say no. like tweak this and like you might read the script and go, I think he should do this. Yeah. And every time that that's come up so far has <laughs> been, yeah, okay, yeah. let's do it. Let's yeah. go ahead. And, yeah. um, and I like that, like I said, with issue two, especially like you just, you just went off on your own on the art and, and I yeah. think it is better because of it. All right. Yeah. Go ahead, Chris. Let me ask you a question, Darius. Yeah. Is there anything in the script that you would like to change as long as we're on this subject? <laughs> Um, no, I don't think so. Um, there's things that maybe I would approach differently, but once again, it's not my, it's not my baby. Right. So I'm just, I'm here as, as someone to help facilitate the writers. He's the creator. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I help with, you know, figuring out how this world is supposed to look and everything it's uh you know you're trying to do this kind of spooky noir kind of thing so most of the time the tones are going to be kind of dark uh except for in, uh there was uh something that I, I once again i i kind of missed it and he kind of he uh just gently corrected me on where um you'll see it in issue two there's um there's a room and it's mostly well it's, it's actually a facility I don't want to give too much away, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's supposed to be a lot brighter than I, I that's, originally that's did. That's right. Yeah. And 
and it was a easy enough fix, you know. Um, and but as far as script, no, there's 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 nothing that's. I mean, there's um, we've talked about sometimes um, you know, making sure the dialogue feels um real or whatever. It's that kind of that kind of stuff, but uh, you know, I I gave him a joke to to throw in, and that's like in the first. I'm I'm working on the third issue now. And yeah, that was a good joke. Yeah, <laughs> I specifically it's, it's, wrote it down here. Yeah, and it 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 works, and that's another one we, we want to keep in the pocket until people get a chance to read it because it it's like with jokes they don't land the same once everybody's already heard it. And then, yeah, you know. So, um, but yeah, there's 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 nothing I would I would change. I would um. I just want to try to do my best to bring his vision across. So, you know, um, I try to, uh, I'm a little older than, than, than Casey. So I try to impart some comic book knowledge or whatever <laughs> things go. Uh, and, 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 uh, just some of the things that I like for storytelling, uh, especially when you're dealing with anything that's a, uh, a crime drama or, or, you know, matters of, of police and stuff like that. And you, and you don't want to um, get too comic booky with it. If that's a word, you know, where it's a word. Yeah. <laughs> where um, just people are a little more savvy now. Um, I know it's kind of hard to tell sometimes when you go on the internet, but people are a lot more savvy, especially when it comes to things that they read and they, and they've been exposed to so much television and you want the, the language and how things play out to kind of feel familiar in that sense, especially when it's anything that anybody knows. It's like, uh, even when you're drawing something, no matter how cartoony it is, it should still feel relatable. Yeah. In, in whatever sense that, that may come across, but, and, and that's important. Um, and yeah, I, I wouldn't change anything though, as far as the script. Well, I think we have somebody we else. We do have another uh, question right now. Oh, okay. yeah. Uh, Robert, Robert Gutz says, what's the hardest part of drawing someone else's story? Oh, okay. So the hardest part, I've done other people's stories. Um, it's one of the things that, uh, well, Casey kind of touched on a little bit earlier, um, is getting the writer to understand to that you have a limited amount of space. Um, a page is about that big, right? So, yeah, just a little preview. I was going to say, is that a sneak peek at issue two or three? <laughs> yeah, it was, that was a little bit of three, but <laughs> real quick. I just grabbed something. But anyways, uh, you want to have the, the room to, when you're drawing comic books for somebody else you want to have have them understand that that you can only fit so much on the page so they have to maybe sometimes space out some certain things especially if you if there's anywhere where something's going to be wordy you're going to have a character and it's going to be a uh, uh, wordy word balloons and uh or captions and you want to have space because otherwise there's no reason for me to draw anything there if it's just going to be that so, um, drawing somebody else's stuff is having that relationship with them to 
make have them understand that that aspect of drawing comic books. Um, that's to me the hardest part. I've I've done other projects for other people, um, and same thing. They they had they weren't used to to writing comic books, or they had an idea of what what it meant to write a comic book. So they were giving you this novel, like this like short form short form novel. And it was like and it was like things that I would uh or a regular comic book would would be spread out on two to three pages. They try to they wanted it all on one page. It's like you can't show all that. I understand what you're trying to do, but this is like it's it's still funny books, guys. It's just it's just funny books. So so as long as you keep that in mind and you say, you know, hey it's like those old uh comic strips, you know, and they told a lot of stories in a lot of different um uh you know through, through a lot of different panels over the time and and um I think that's that's where we need to get to is is get to get that across that's the, that's been the hardest part is 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 having that uh establishing that part of it because it can be you know some sometimes you know people guys we all everybody's got egos and stuff like that and you don't want to necessarily step on somebody's ego but you're trying to help them along like look you can't put all that on a page that to me is what i found to be the hardest part of writing somebody uh, working on somebody else's stuff um some writers are very uh i've seen some of those scripts that like you know casey's you know alluded to looking at where everything is panel by panel by panel by panel by panel no that's that is some boring shit i know <laughs> i know that there's some like like great writers or whatever but like like uh, i heard that like guys like kurt busick were i think i'm pronouncing his last name right uh that's how he writes it's very restrictive i think Whereas, i read one of his scripts like, yeah when i started out yeah yeah and and where and and in effect it to me one of my favorite artists is uh guy named uh, Carlos Pacheco and I watched his artwork go from this dynamic stuff where it was you know he would stretch the panels he would you know do very dynamic stuff to this thing of where it was very muted very in the box very uh watchmen so it was like very uniformed and I get that you know like if you you know the original watchmen comic if you look at it it's like Six panels, six panels, eight panels, six panels. It was, it was very, and they were all the same size, that kind of thing. Yeah. And that would drive me nuts. <laughs> that would absolutely <laughs> drive me nuts. And, and I, I couldn't work with a writer that was that restrictive. I just, I just, you know, I would pass. I don't care what their name was. If they couldn't understand, if they couldn't, we couldn't come to a, an agreement that, look, just give me the gist of what you want. Trust me. I think that that's, that's why you hire the artist. Yeah, you know, it's, it's. I think that's a good way to to also answer that that question is that sometimes the hard one of the hardest things about working on somebody else's stuff is them trusting you to understand the material. You know, and you have to work on that. But I think that's one of the things I appreciate working with Casey is that I feel like he trusts me with his material. Once I showed him what I could do. And I, I gave him 
those early drafts of the of the character designs. And he's like, okay, yeah, let's let's game let's over. do this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Absolutely. but that was a well, too long winded. You know. <laughs> no, you're good. That was that was amazing. It was amazing. And you know what? I've been reading comics for a long time, and I'm very one of those guys who's very much into art when it comes to comics. So okay. the team you guys have, the book you guys have put together, is a wonderful collaboration. And mm-hmm. you know, I can't wait to see more, and the readers can't wait to see more. So Darius, yeah. thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. All right, Thanks a lot, man. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. <laughs> later. All right, Appreciate peace. <laughs> Well, wow. oh, more hey. people. <laughs> What's up? Hey, man. Welcome, Mike. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Happy to be here. Awesome. Great to have you. So, um, Mike, Mike Hofford is the, the letterer for Hallowed. And so let me ask you something about lettering. Uh, how important is, is lettering to a project? It's extremely important. Um, but lettering's like um a lot of people will compare it to like uh film score. Like they'll always say like if you notice it, it's doing a bad job. I personally don't feel that way. Like hmm. mostly mostly when it comes to like film scores, because like you'll notice a good film score, no problem. It's like bad editing. Like if uh if if a movie has bad editing or it's wonky, you know, you'll notice it. Like if a movie has bad or if a, a comic has bad lettering you'll notice it and it'll take you right out. Like, you know, whether it's the way it draws your eye across the page or, you know, things will read out a sequence and you'll be like, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. Uh, you know, there's a couple of times, like even in mainstream books, you'll see lettering that you're just like, that's just bad. You know, you'll see crisscrossed uh, uh, tails. You'll see lettering that doesn't make it clear that it's a double page spread. You know, so you'll, you read it as if it's two separate pages and then you'd be like, wait, what's going on here? And so, I mean, lettering is like, it's like a secret art because it's all about how it draws your eye across the page. But, you know, it's supposed to work in concert with what the artist is doing. So you don't really notice it. It should feel like it's naturally there. I couldn't agree more. Um, and the only reason I say is because like, the comic didn't come together until the letters showed up, you know, like I had the writing down, so to speak. Darius had the art definitely down and it wasn't until actually, I know you pointed it out and Darius brought it up with the, um, with that double spread panel, seeing the letters behind it. I can't even remember what word I made up to make you draw behind it. I don't know. I don't, I don't remember either. <laughs> I make up words cause I think it's funny like to throw them in there, but Whatever, I, I still look at that. That, that one's hanging up on my wall at home. I think it's the one that I have the poster of. Yeah, where I'm just like, how did he do? I don't even know. (laughs) Tell us. Cause I don't know how you do that. Um, that was, that was, uh, that was the first time I'd really done anything like that. So it was kind of a learning curve, which is honestly one of the things I've liked about working on Hollowed is like, you're constantly throwing shit at me that I'm like, I've never done this before. Gotta figure it out. All right. Yeah. You know, and, uh, so like it's, it's, it was super time consuming. I think that one took me like a day to figure out, but it's just like sitting there basically tracing along the outline of the figure and making it so it's its own separate piece. So I make a clip masking of that. So I basically have two pieces of the art actually on top of it. 
because and I don't know if I if I letter the same way as like a professional letter because I kind of taught myself how to do it. So I kind of think kind of like uh, kind of like if I was making it physically. So I basically have two copies of the art and I'll have one that's the full art and then I'll have one that I basically just cut out the figure and then I'll put the le- the letters behind it hmm. and then put the figure in front of it and line them up perfectly. So again, you don't notice, you'd assume that Darius drew those letters on the board or something like that as opposed to, you know, somebody who sat there meticulously, you know, counted it out. You know, and I said that t- that took me a day. Now I can do that much faster because now I know I know exactly like how far apart I can be and kind of hide it. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, that sounds yeah, that sounds like a real challenge. Um, because I don't think a lot of people realize how much real art goes into lettering. Um, right. do you can you can you talk about anything else that's that presents itself as another like any other challenges you do face when it comes to lettering? Um. I mean, space is a, is a big thing. I mean, you know, there are times where, you know, I've had, I think this has happened like maybe once or twice with Hollowed, but I've had other books that I've lettered where like the, I've just been given way too much copy to fit into a certain <laughs> <What>? space. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I've been given, and I have to, I have to find a way to make it work, but at the same time, I don't want to obscure too much of the art either. Like the arts, the art is what sells a comic, you know. I mean, I've written a couple comics myself, and I know that, you know, it doesn't matter how good my script is. If the art looks like dog shit, nobody's going to pick it up. Fact. So, so you know, I, I'm trying to cover up as little of the art as possible, um, you know, and, like, or sometimes, like, if there are, like, weird storytelling gaffes, you know, I don't think this has really happened in Hollowed, but like where like a panel will seem out of place or like it'll be in a weird place. I have to find a way to kind of take the text that's there and use it to draw the eye. Um, but it's like sometimes like just finding a space, like I've heard a, there's a couple different tricks. Like sometimes letterers will, they'll reduce the, uh, the amount, the size of the text ever so slightly so that it fits better. And you still don't, you don't want your word balloons to look weird and you don't want your, your tails to look weird either. So it's all about, and it's all about making sure that everything looks correct, that the storytelling is clear. Like the storytelling is the most important part. Um, so like that's really just it. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree. Um, is it, let me ask you about, are there any other comics that you, you draw your inspiration from, uh, when you do your lettering? Yeah, actually, once I started learning how to letter, I, I really, it's almost like I became a geek about lettering. You know, I mean, yeah. everybody like knows like John Workman and, um, oh Jesus, uh, Todd Klein, you know, guys who are kind of showy and that like they're very stylized, but you know, being able to appreciate guys like Chris Eliopoulos, you know, guys who are just or Nate Pecos. Nate Pecos is an amazing letterer. He letters a whole bunch of different things, everything with its own different style, but also has that kind of coherency. You know, he did, uh, he does all Scotty Young stuff. He does a lot of stuff for, um, for Dark Horse and just seeing how he, how he, he's able to craft his, his lettering, his, his word balloons and his tails and do different things. Another huge one, um, for, 
a different project. I actually, um, for a project called Charlie Hazard Band, I decided I wanted to teach myself how to do a different kind of lettering, uh, different kind of lettering style. And, uh, do either of you guys read Deadly Class? Uh, yeah, I've read it. Yeah. So, um, oh, the name of the letter escapes me right now, which I feel shitty about. But he, the lettering in that is really unique. Everything's kind it of is very, very unique. It's yeah. very circular and the tails aren't, they're not like traditional tails where they're kind of, you know, pointers. Yeah. They're, they're more thin and long. And I was like, that's a really cool style. How would I do that? And so, you know, the style fit with the book. And I was like, well, let me see if I can do it. And I did. And I think it looks amazing. Awesome. Yeah. I couldn't be more impressed. Um, I know there's something coming up in issue two or couples, something's coming up in issue two, but I can think of one right off the top of my head where I made you, um, I use the word dirt lip in it and <laughs> the lettering is just, you just threw a stylized, I mean, it's a piece of art in itself. Just the word dirt lip. It's very funny. Um, so stay yep. tuned for Mike's work on that, <laughs> but and amongst other things you do, you add a flourish and you know, we have conversations back and forth as well about like, how much words that I decided to use or, you know, is this going to read correctly? And, and I love it. So I, I wanted to say thanks for coming on no problem. as well. And um, I can't wait to have you on, on more issues, man. Yeah, man. I can't wait to do it. I'm, I'm using a whole new program now, so it'll be a, another learning curve. So there we go. Absolutely. Oh, but it'll still look the same. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> thanks a lot, Mike. No Take worries. Take care guys. <laughs> Bye. Thanks Mike. <laughs> well, oh, Hey guys. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Brian. Thank you. Glad to be here. How are you today? I'm good, yeah, man. Well, we got Brian Ort. Awesome. Uh, we got the music, uh, one of the main guys of, of Mars, uh, on the show with us today. He's the music supervisor the, uh, for Of Mars. Yes. Yeah. Music supervisor of Mars. My favorite so, been given. <laughs> <laughs> So this this whole thing about uh, taking a, a book and giving it a soundtrack, I really feel that Casey and and of Mars kind of put this out, and all of a sudden we started seeing this happening more and more. Uh, when after Hollowed issue one, I know that I know that's kind of like a funny thing to say, but it was kind of uh, I saw it. It was like an image press release, not too much longer. After that. I was like, I think I think they stole your idea. Yeah, I was just like. <laughs> Here it goes. Now it's not deep at originals aren't happening, <laughs> but no, yeah. um, let's, let's, let's get into that a little bit though. Um, can you get, can you have a little insight about working with the first issue and the first soundtrack was like, yeah, I mean, I, I won't say, you know, it was, it was my idea. I've, I've definitely seen it done in the past and, um, no, you haven't. <laughs> okay. I guess I haven't. Not like this. I'm having any <laughs> But, um, you know, when, when Casey kind of approached me about it, I was like, yeah, let's just, let's get together. Let's, let's figure some stuff out. And, you know, he showed me kind of, he, he showed me his script, you know, this was before he really kind of converted it into the comic. So I kind of knew the story like from start to finish in, yeah. in the very early days. And I think from there, you know, we, we met every couple of weeks and we would just kind of like sit together and like conceptualize some things. And I think that the thing that, I tried going forward just kind of to try to nail the feeling of the comic 
And the interesting thing was, is like, we did a majority of the work on the music before I uh, ever saw the comic, before I ever saw a single panel of the comic. <laughs> so uh, a lot of it was just based off the feel of the story and the direction that the story goes. And I thought a lot of the, um, I guess the kind of the, the themes that I incorporated with this first, um, kind of mini album, I'll call it, um, you know, aren't necessarily just from the first issue and they kind of follow through maybe what we're going to see in the future. I think you would call yourself a futurist. <laughs> I would. Yeah. I would call myself a futurist. Not to be confused with the Robert Downey Jr. album. <laughs> Great album. <laughs> so what is it about the music that you think fits so well with the comic? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I think it's cool, you know, kind of mixing mediums like that together. Um, you know, like Casey said, it hasn't been done before. <laughs> uh, I'll say it hasn't been done uh very often before, but I think, you know, when, when we were writing a lot of the music, my mindset was like, all right, let's make some dark shit to go, <laughs> to go along with this, but let's keep it fun. Like if you look at a lot of the track names, we, we had fun with it. You know, we, we chose some ridiculous, you know, we have a lot of sci-fi references, a lot of, uh, horror nineties, sci-fi, you know, old school references in, uh, in our, in our titles. And that continues through even with the work that we're doing right now on the second issue and, and going forward. And I think me and Casey have, you know, both the same inspiration for kind of where we want to take this, where, you know, we want the themes to kind of, we want it to match the comic, but we want to have fun with it. Would you say, would you call it a mood, Brian? I'd call it a mood. I think the music sets the mood. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. reading. Huh? Yeah, I still, you know, I'll throw on those tracks randomly. You know, I'm I'm really happy with the way a lot of them turned out. And, I uh, love those tracks. I, I still. They're cool. It's it's different because it's you know it's not like um not your normal music. You know, I and I think the other thing that I try to do when I approached it is I almost approached it like I was writing a score for a comic book and not necessarily individual songs for a comic book, which I think yeah. that made it easier for me and it, it made it a little more interesting, a little bit more enjoyable. And so how does the music uh, of issue two differ from issue one? It's a good question. Um, you could probably argue that it doesn't differ. <laughs> it's really a continuation. Um, you know, some of the ideas that we had, you know, kind of put down, but maybe weren't fleshed out all the way. You know, we kind of put them on the back burner. We revisited some of them for this one. Um, but I think with issue one, a lot of it, you know, was kind of your sort of modern synth synth wave type music and i think with the issue two stuff um we went back a little further we're trying to make it a little bit more 80s sounding you know a little bit more kind of classic sounding yeah you know we love that 80s vibe (laughs) what's the um what's the story behind that briefcase the uh the discovered tapes oh from the circle k that's that. It was a weird thing. 
you know, we, uh, me and Casey happened to be out one night and, uh, stopped at the gas station, the Circle K. Um, I don't remember if I went in the bathroom or if you went in the bathroom, Casey. I know I had to go to the bathroom, but I yeah. think you went in there. We might have gone in together, actually. <laughs> uh, if my memory, uh, served me right. But, uh, yeah, just kind of a weird briefcase, you know, not locked or anything, opened it up, had a cassette tape in it. And, uh, you know, we didn't have a cassette player at the moment. So a couple <laughs> days later, you know, popped it in and found all these sweet sounding synthy jams on it. And I was like, wow, we could really use this to, uh, to, you know, make this comic way better than it is. Yeah. The music of, of Mars elevated everything that could happen to a comic and, and what we were working on. So it just kind of, it was a good, uh, symbiotic relationship. (laughs) It was cool too, to, to kind of work on, um, work on that while the comic was being written and while it was being drawn and kind of seeing ideas just bounce off each other for what's happening in one realm to see how it affects the next one. Yeah. Absolutely. Can you tell us about um, any other little projects you're working on right now? I could, but it wouldn't be a good idea. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, for right now, um, you know, we've, uh, me and Casey have been working on the uh, kind of the issue two stuff for a while. And uh, honestly, uh, a lot of it's pretty much ready to go. We just got to make some finalizations to it. But um, otherwise, in the music realm, that's kind of all I'm doing from a, uh, I guess we'll say a professional standpoint. <laughs> well, we've got, we've got ideas for a couple other things that I make Brian, uh, do like in fairy music as well as, um, we'll talk about it maybe some other time with like this, uh, audio drama thing that I want to cook up some Western themes in there too. So it's funny cause like the music is when we go in, we go all over the place. Sure. And then usually we have to like reel it in at some point after Brian grabs like 50 of his guitars and riffs and then a saxophone pops out and then like <laughs> chamber yeah. music. Yeah, sometimes it gets a little crazy and then we gotta, we gotta, we gotta step back a little bit. <laughs> Casey, you've, uh, you've been dibble and dabbling with a little guitar practice lately. Are you going to be featured on any of these tracks in the near future? Yeah, hollowed is you forty five. Years, you get a gut busting solo by Casey, <laughs> an ear splitting solo at that yeah. point. Ten minutes long. <laughs> I missed the beginning of this, but I hope you touched upon the original name before it was called Hollowed. No, well, we're saving it. Darius almost brought it up too, but he said we're going to save it, so we're okay. waiting. We're going to save it for another time. Okay. There's a couple names, so I uh <laughs> I, I like thinking back on those and uh remembering what a fun time it was. <laughs> that name was the name of, of this. And maybe. I think I, I convinced you I was like, you gotta change <laughs> I don't maybe. I don't know. But um Brian, thanks for popping up, man, and, and talking about your musical maestro and this and uh we'll get back into the studio soon. <laughs> For sure. Thank you, guys. All right. Take it easy, man. See ya. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, get that. You got a great crew, buddy. A great we crew. do have a great crew. We really do. Um, very happy with 
the the team that got assembled at at um for hollowed and defat comics in general you know a lot of those guys uh go over you know darius might do a variant cover mike might do another lettering job for me and you know brian and i just work on music on for whatever some of it's going to show up on hollowed some of it's going to show up in the in the ether um so yeah it's it's a good team very happy awesome well we have another comment uh, yep. Robert Guts says, with other names being mentioned, what made you settle on Hollowed? Yeah, well, <laughs> that's, that's because the other, the other name is not, not safe for work. Not, it's just, the other name is, is actually, it's fine. I'm, I'm making it bigger than it is. It gives away a major plot point, And that's why I took it out. And, um, I don't even know because, the killer was always the butcher. It was never hollower. It hollowed out victims. But I think like where the name came from, I don't know, maybe Brian came up with it or maybe I did. But when I was thinking about, okay, he goes around and hollows out his victims. The characters have their own sense of hollowedness about them as well. As far as um, they all kind of exist on their own and they might be really good at what they do, but it's really not until they all get together that they're kind of a complete package. Um, this, this team in the book. So they're, they're hollowed beings as well. If I have to get, I don't know, uh, existential about like comics, which I never ever do. <laughs> so, but that's it. That's, that's where the name came from because the actual name is, is too, uh, on the nose. Okay. Good question. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. So the, let me ask you this. You do have some other books in the works. You do have Inferi, which has been published. Are there any potentials for crossovers? You know, your own defect comics verse, you know, something along those terms, the shared universe of defect comics. It's a really good question, Chris. Uh, you know, when I meet Vasquez, <laughs> when my character from the pursuit of plastic meet Vasquez someday, you know, so that's the that's, thing, you know, I'm hoping. Chris and I wrote a comic, Pursuit of Plastic, um, which is about two friends who uh, have to stop an evil overlord from um, getting collectibles inside of the universe. And, and you know, it's a real time, not time travel, space travel adventure, kind of like a Doctor Who meets a Star Wars type of thing. Um, and then there's also the Jesus Twins, uh, which is a Western um, that I wrote, like a kind of a sci-fi Western thing. Um, and you know, and maybe in fairy as well, like, so there is potential, there is a, there is a, a wormhole that could exist, uh, within the defect comics universe that could bring these characters together. Um, absolutely. You know, there's nothing outside of the realm of possibilities. And I think it might be kind of fun just even if it was a one-off comic, you know, kind of like how Valiant will do or, 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 uh, uh, four issue arc where all the valiant characters will get together and it's not necessarily even like in their continuity. It's just like a, a thing that happens. And I always really like that. It's not even an event necessarily or it's a singular event. So, um, I think that would be kind of cool. You know what I mean? Like these guys in Hollowed are, are, are running through the streets and then all of a sudden a spaceship flies by and, and look who it is. It's Chris and Casey pop out and they're looking for their favorite toys. So maybe. <laughs> Maybe I just wrote 
That already sounds amazing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's, I don't know if we, I caught this exactly, but the, the question of the day is how many issues will you do for the series? Now you're looking at eight issues right now. What do you think? Yeah, there's eight issues is the script. So when I took the script that I wrote 20 years ago or whatever it is, a long time ago, and I chopped it up, I have made it eight issues. And it, you know, it might change. Maybe there will be like an extra one in there, but I think I can get eight issues out of the story. Um, and I think that's good. I think that's a good number and I think it makes for two arcs. And I, I think I would aim to make it that many issues. I'd be willing to cut things down to make it that many. Now, when I wrote the script, I did leave it open-ended. I do have a sequel in mind where these characters, um, however they look, I'm not going to say if anyone lives or dies or whatever. I'm just saying, however these characters look in this comic could go on. And, um, you know, that like Darius said when he was on, and I agree is that, you know, after we get through this journey, we'd probably take some time off before we revisit it. You know, so the Dark Knight Returns, it took a little while before they struck again. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how it goes. And, you know, luckily there's an Inferi verse. There's a pop pursuit of plastic verse. There's a Jesus twins. There's everything else. So we've got some other things in the works that the whole DFAT comics brand in itself um, can keep going on. And I also want to say if there's other writers out there who are looking to get things published and get things created and, and need some help with the writing side or the artist side or connecting, you know, lettering, God knows how important that is. If you didn't before, maybe, you know, today, like all that kind of stuff. Um, that's something that we're willing to look towards too and, and keep expanding. So that was a long-winded answer to your question, Chris. That was an excellent answer, Casey. Excellent Thank answer. you. Um, we do have one more comment. Oh, okay. Uh, for, the, for the show, uh, Robert Guts again uh, asks: Is there a comic writer that inspires you in your writing? So, uh, it's a very good question, um, and I'll be completely honest: No. And that, even though I read a ton of comics, I do. But my preferred source of bringing in uh, media is movies, and I wrote this as a movie script. So when I when I think about writing, and I actually was just on um, a podcast talking about how last week uh, for Pop Anime Comics, and the guy said this reads very cinematically. Like when I'm reading this comic, I feel like I'm watching a movie, and so. Yes, there's great. You know, I love a lot of, you know, Mark Millar is my favorite comic book writer and, and I love Mark, Brian Michael Bendis and I love Brian Azzarello and I love a bunch of guys. But when I think about writing, because they are comic book writers, I typically don't. I usually think about Quentin Tarantino or Aaron Sorkin or, you know, some of these bigger, um, Kevin Smith, you know, like writing people and, and that's what I'm more drawn to or, or people who write books. But that's a very good question, Bob. All right. And so as I'm going to close out the show today with one last uh, question for you, Casey. Sure. Just tell us a little bit what Defect Comics is and what else people should know about Hollowed. Yeah. So 
Uh, DFAT Comics, as I said, uh, is a, is a publishing brand, so don't forget Atala, which is our website, which you should all go visit. And, um, it's something that we've been working on expanding the last couple of years to put out more different, you know, we want to make sure that every comic book is not the same, even if they are in a connected universe, but they're a lot of fun and they're weird and they're different. And, um, we've got plans to keep putting out more as, uh, as people who watch this or listen or, or whatever, give us feedback that they want to keep consuming it. So we'll give it to them. And then, um, so that's DFAT comics and, you know, we'll put out more hollowed and fairy pursuit of plastic, Jesus twins and more. And for the Kickstarter specifically at 8 a.m. Eastern standard time on May 28th, uh, we will launch simultaneously on Kickstarter as well as Indiegogo. If you support one or the other, and um the book is done people uh if you if you tuned in this far you know the book is done issue 3 is in the middle of getting written in the middle of getting scored um and that's it so by the time issue 2 is done and you know the artwork is halfway through on issue 2 we'll probably get ready to gear up for that next kickstarter hopefully in the fall you know and get ready for issue 3 so that you guys just keep rocking and rolling i, I want a shorter timeline i did have a baby um and if any of you know, it's not the easiest thing to to juggle that plate. But but she's old enough now; she's practically college age, and um, so writing writing age. Let's go. She's, she's next to me. Hard she's to writing right too. Now. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna be like Joe Hill and Stephen King. Um. <laughs> so yeah, you know, we'll uh, as we continue, um, we'll keep putting out these great things. But the Kickstarter tomorrow. Please tune in and, and please support independent comics, you know, from creators who are really trying to, to speak to you in a different and unique way. And, um, and the comics are varied enough that there's this crime thriller. There's this mythological crime thriller. Uh, there's this space adventure. There's this Western. There's, you know, maybe a love story will get thrown in there. Who knows? But I'm saying like, we want to make sure at Defect Comics that we, we keep putting out original and, and fun content that doesn't exist in a bubble like uh, uh, one of the big two where you got to go 500 issues back to really get an idea. We want you guys to be able to get something accessible and, and meet these characters and, and fall in love. Amazing. Amazing. I just want to uh, give a thank, big thank you to Darius, Mike, and Brian for joining us on the show today. Uh, Couldn't be here without like just those said. guys. That's it. And, and thank and you honestly, for everybody I didn't, out there listening. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I just want, I, no, I, go I ahead. wanted to give a, a, a shout out to my editor, Allison. I didn't ask her to be on because she's my editor, but also would not be here because she's edited all the books and she's effing fantastic. And I love her. And, um, I just didn't think she would want to do a live show talking about, <laughs> she'd probably be like, well, I, I read Casey's stupid shit and I told him not to put this semicolon here because it wasn't needed. But she, she also was very good about why does this make sense or not make sense. And, and I'm, I'm sorry. I really did want to make sure I, I threw in that last minute shout out. Allison, you are the best. Thank you very much. Great team, Casey. And <laughs> thank you, of course, you know, for, you know, putting this all together and writing a great book that everybody could collaborate on, get excited for, and be there tomorrow when Hollowed ep- episode, issue two, <laughs> launches, it should be, uh, launches on Kickstarter. Thank you, everybody, for listening. 
and you know, for those comments out there, we commenting, yeah, yeah. watching, commenting, you know, just being a part of uh, Defect Comics, and of course, uh, don't forget a towel where uh, Casey and I spend our, our days peeking <laughs> out. To- <laughs> Thanks, Chris, and for hosting that. as well. Very much so. Good job, man. Of course. Of course. <laughs> <Gotta do. laughs> All right. Bye, guys.